Hello, Insiders, and a very pleasant good afternoon to you. Wherever you may be, this is your host, Bruce Ash, going solo and coming to you live from the modern KVOI broadcast complex in Tucson, Arizona, welcoming you all to an action-packed local school board election edition of Inside Track. Producer Tom also joins us running the board and taking your calls. Eb is on assignment today. If you have a comment or question during today's show, you can reach us at the Wilkinson Wealth Management Live Line at 520-790-2040. Eb and I want to remind you to please support our great sponsors. Tucson Iron and Metal Retail, call Jamie or Craig at 520-90, excuse me, 520-209-1576. Corazon Cabinets, call Monday at 520-488-2266. Eric Rudin from Essential Pest Control. They were just out at our house this week. His great team can be reached at 520-886-3029. And also supporting Inside Track is my co-host and broadcast partner, Mr. Eb Wilkinson from Wilkinson Wealth Management. Call Eb at 777-1911 to help you retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Now, as many of our regular listeners know, Eb and I have been focused for the past several months on our local school board elections here in Southern Arizona during this election cycle. Interestingly, as an RNC National Committeeman, when I used to speak with various Republican groups, I often focused on school board elections, at least back to about 2010. But most candidates and voters, sadly, were focused on larger contents make that larger contests. We now see the sad results of that thinking. Since COVID, parents started getting lit up about their kids' schooling, and the rest is history. Political indoctrination, sexual grooming, boys' and girls' locker rooms and showers, unfair competition between them, mask mandates, school closures, falling proficiencies, and college placement scores are now a major issue all across the country, as well as reading and math proficiencies, as is the case also with cruel sexual disfigurement and mutilation of students, sometimes promoted by teachers. It's safe to say if school boards had listened to parents, their kids would be in better shape educationally, but they didn't, and concerned parents have been replacing these school board members in droves since last year. Today, we'll again be focused on local school board elections, and we'll start with an interview I pre-recorded with Jen Anderson and Ed Buster, who are running in the Vail School District. Before we get to Jen and Ed, you can find all of our Inside Track school board endorsements if you go to my personal Facebook page. And producer Tom, how are we doing on that? All right. So let's go ahead and hear from our candidates, uh, Jen and, and Ed, out in the uh, far Southeast Valley. Let's go ahead and hear that interview. Our guest for the next few minutes is a fellow whose name you'll probably uh, recall uh, and see around town quite a bit. His name is Jeff Uch, and Jeff is a candidate for the Amphi School Board, along with Mona Gibson, who we had on the show last week. 
Uh, it's not every day that you get to have a rocket scientist uh, be a member of the school board, but that's what Jeff is. But he's not just an aerospace engineer. This is a guy who is a teacher as well at a very, very high level. He's a U of A grad. All of his kids have uh, gone to school in the Amphi School District. And this is a guy who uh, puts his money where his mouth is. Now he's running for office. He wants to be a member of the Amphi School. All right, I think we're back on uh, on track here. Um, let's see what we got here, Tom. I'm going to try to do this as a... Um, Uh oh. We're, uh, we're still on the we're still on the wrong on the wrong interview. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and stop. Let's stop the interview. All right, Tom, can we get uh, turn this one off? Oh, okay. Well, this is unprofessional radio at its, <laughs> at its worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, we uh, seem to have a, a glitch uh, going on. Uh, and I apologize for that, listeners. Uh, this has... Uh, uh, sometimes when we do these things remotely, uh, it is a problem. Uh, so I'm going to try to uh, pull up. So here, here's the thing. Out in Vail, we have a choice. There's two uh, of the candidates uh, that I've heard a lot about from my friend Chris King, who's been on the Vail School Board uh, for a number of years. Uh, Chris is not running uh, in this election. Uh, Ed Buster and Jen Anderson uh, Ed and Jen are both local activists uh, in uh, that area out of the far southeast valley, Vale and Corona de Tucson. And they are um, in that district having some of the same issues uh, as others um, uh, around the valley. And uh, Jen and Ed, after, and they've had kids in the district and are very uh, committed uh, to the community and, and just super involved. Uh, with not just schools, but lots of different community affairs, um, submitted themselves to this election and are running for, for Vail School Board. And you remember, this is the school board where there were multiple uh, meetings, school board meetings where there were problems uh, with uh, uh, administrators as well as school board members who um, uh, were very abusive to uh, uh, to the parents who were bringing them uh, their uh, problems, and uh, they were unresponsive when it came to mask mandates and 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 school closures and so on. And uh, this is this is what we ended up uh, having as a result. Uh, so um, I think what we what we've learned uh, from that uh, is that we need to have school board uh, officials who are listening to parents. Uh, and they are uh, also uh, in a position where they are um, uh, 
uh, better listeners and, and actors, and they're not just taking instructions from school administrators uh, who oftentimes are listening to national groups uh, who are promoting some of the goofiest things uh, in the world right now. Um, and one of them uh, is critical race theory. Um, these candidates uh, in uh, Vail and, and the other candidates that you're going to hear from today, uh, they believe in critical thinking and critical education, not critical race theory. Uh, and they also believe that boys and girls are boys and girls and um, that they're not in the business of uh, uh, you know, giving youngsters as, as uh, young as kindergartners uh, advice on uh, which gender they are or aren't. Uh, and this has been a major problem in some of these districts now uh, going on for way, way too long. And um, I'm sorry I don't have uh, the guests with us today. Uh, that was kind of a major mess up on, on my end. We'll try to have that for you next week. So I think in the meantime, we're, we're going to go ahead and go to break. And uh, Mona Gibson and Jeff Uch, who are running in Amphi School uh, District, will join us. And uh, we'll have a great talk, a little longer than, than what we had uh, originally planned for, which I'm sure uh, they'll be happy about. Uh, but we're ready to go with that interview in just a minute. So uh, stay tuned. You're listening to Local News and Talk uh, on KVY. This is Inside Track. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Customers come first at Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. A lot of the, the cities and the counties around have initiatives for artists. I think we're one of the premier artist suppliers for steel. First Saturday of every month, you can come down early and actually go through the scrapyard across the street. It's seven acres of metal. You can walk through with our people and pick out what you want. It's always interesting to see what the artists have done. We've done uh, actually a couple projects with the U of A engineering department and music department where the engineering music students came down together. They had to pick something out of the scrap and uh, they had to build an instrument. And we have one of those in front of the plant. Some really cool things come out of the scrap. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard. 701 East 36th Street, open Monday through Saturday. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. This is Ed Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management reminding you that every good and excellent thing stands moment by moment on the razor's edge of danger and must be fought for, including getting out of debt, building your wealth, and protecting your God-given right. We manage money for gun owners. Let us help you retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me at 777-1911 or WilkinsonWealthMGMT.com. Welcome back to Inside Track. Before we hear from Mona and Jeff, uh, please go to my personal Facebook page, Bruce Ash, to find out the Inside Track educational endorsements and our advice on all the propositions. I updated them uh, to my page uh, today, 
And uh, without any further ado, let's get to our next guest, actually our first guest today, Mona Gibson and Jeff Uch running for the Amphitheater School Board. Mona, I love the honey cake uh, that you uh, prepared uh, for me when you were last time. Thanks very much. It was delicious. You're welcome. And Jeff, I think we have you on the line as well. I'm here, sir. All right, that's Great awesome. To be with you. All right, we we actually the the host uh, had a had a uh, a senior moment and uh, apparently didn't uh, spin up the right. Um, the right uh, pre-record interview. It was great to hear your voice again on that interview we did from last week, but unfortunately that was the wrong one for the show today. So greetings to you both. For starters, I want to go to an issue that we haven't discussed before, and it's the sorry state of athletic facilities in the Amphi District. Participation in athletics and good physical education programs are a major part, I think, having been an athlete myself in high school uh, of a well-rounded school experience. How does a town like Douglas, where money is so short, have better facilities than a Canyon Del Oro high school? My mother graduated from Amphi High School in 1950. I think some of the facilities around the district might be from her era. Uh, Any thoughts for for Jeff first, and we'll go to Mona. Well, first of all, Bruce, you know, I believe that you know, the education in the classroom and on the sports field or extracurriculars are equally important. I really do, because there's things we learn on a team, how to negotiate, how to play with others, how to strive for things that we put ourselves in those positions that we want to be in to be able to grow. So I, for one, know it's part of the education. It's part of what we've got to do. So it's something I, I am not totally up to speed, Bruce, on the facilities, on the state of all 21, 22 schools. But it's something we need to look at because my all of my children played sports, were involved, and they excelled greatly because of that. It's preparing them for life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you talk to Ron Arenas with Picture Rocks uh, Heating and Cooling, uh, I think that he can give you some uh, advice on, on this particular issue. Uh, he has a son who is playing uh, high school football at Canyon Del Oro. Ron is also kind of part okay. of the unofficial uh, coaching staff uh, for, for the team. And, you know, when you go to a place like Douglas, <clears throat> pardon me, and uh, they're they're on artificial turf, and it's a great surface. Uh, you know, you're less likely to have injuries. Um, you know, we weren't that lucky when I went to high school at Catalina High. We didn't have our own pool. We had to uh, drive uh, to the old Central YMCA downtown, and uh, you know, facilities were really lacking then. But you know, schools need to have modern facilities, and that's just part of a good, well-rounded education. Mona, what are your thoughts on? I agree with you. My son was in the marching band. He wasn't in the yeah. football. So I just wanted to. Probably a few twisted ankles uh, always, that those kids had on the football field. It was as the well. shoulders of holding up all those huge percussion drums. Yeah, that's so, true. Um, well, at the last school board meeting, they uh, had a their annual bond and capital expenditures report, and they showed that $9.5 million was spent last year from bonds and uh, the building renewal grant. Um, so they spent over $7 million on facilities and building repair, uh, renewals, replacement. You know, that included locker rooms, uh, gym roofs, HVACs, everything that was necessary to support the facilities, um, yielding uh, the facilities, most of the facilities in 
the Amphi School District to be in good or some in fair quality. So how it uh, goes to the fields, I haven't really seen that. And I look forward to being a school board member so that I can get on the field and look at it yeah, personally. And, le- and, le- and let's also just recognize it's not just the, the boys and girls who are playing sports. It's all the people who are in marching bands and cheer squads and, right. you know, all kinds of people who are involved in extracurricular activities. This is a big part of school. And it's also, yes. Jeff and Mona, something that was way, way lacking for kids in the COVID years. You know, just I can't imagine... Yes having not having the opportunity to have those kind of experiences you know going to a prom and and just Absolutely. all the kind of you know interesting things that kids are able to do back again in high school today and it's what makes the public well, instruction in the public schools so important because homeschooling and things like that they don't have the opportunity and that's why we are such a strong proponents of the public institution right. of the public schools and you guys both are, are great proponents of public education. Absolutely. Uh, you wouldn't be running for school board uh, if you weren't. Uh, you've both proposed periodic meetings with parent groups. Tell our listeners why uh, why those kinds of events are going to be so important in the Amphi District when you're elected. Okay. Jeff first? Or? Go ahead, Mona. Okay. Oh, so, yeah, go ahead, Mona. Okay, I'll thanks, Jeff. So... Um, I'm a community member. My son has graduated. I don't have uh, boots on the ground. I'm not physically there at the school board at in the schools um, because I don't have a child in the school system. So I need the parents who are the boots on the ground to tell me what issues are coming up. You know, what what are the problems? What are the successes? So I have a greater feeling for what's going on from the parent perspective. I also want to engage families in meaningful discussions. So it's not just like the typical PTOs, parent-teacher organizations, where they're just fundraising organizations, fundraising arms of the schools, because that's necessary. But we also need parents to be engaged, to have a part to feel that they're participating in the child's education. There are a lot of parents who are always extremely engaged but there's a lot of parent a lot of parents because of time because of scheduling because of issues you know they're busy working and getting all the kids through school and making sure they're clothed and fed that they don't have the time to really concentrate on the education so i think by bringing parents into these periodic um meetings where we can reach out to all families of all the schools to help us understand what's going on and to figure out ways to um, assist them in participating in their child's education is really important. So Jeff, how how actually would those meetings be structured and, and you know how frequently might they be and and what sort of topics would be you know uh, on on the agenda? Sure. Well, I I know many parents don't feel like they've been heard, but I also am a strong proponent of safety and counsel. So the first couple times, and I've already had one with some parents, even though I'm not on the school board, just to listen to their main concerns. But the first couple, I just want to listen. But then I'm really hoping to have active subcommittees that will help Mona and I on certain subjects. We can't keep up with it all. And, you know, none of us are as smart as all of us. And it doesn't mean that we always agree with each other, but I think that as we discuss some of the issues through, we can come up with great solutions. So as much as once a month, if parents are wanting to do that, but at least once a quarter uh, throughout my tenure, I'm going to have them and just open it up. And if one parent shows up, it's worth having. So they need to be uh, heard. 
but we need to listen to them and counsel together because there's so many things I know we can be doing better. And that's the thing, mm-hmm. Mona and Jeff, when when the school board meeting is going on, there's a protocol that has to be followed sure. in order to keep the, move, right. uh, the, the meeting moving. Um, another part of the, of the school board meetings is the time permitted uh, for parents and interested party to be making their presentations. Right. It seems as though uh, district administrators all across the country are trying to reduce that period of time down. Right. How how would you approach being able to get more information from parents during a meeting without unduly creating these long, ponderous meetings? So currently, everybody during the public comment period has three minutes to talk. Some parents come in and, and have a whole lot of information, you know, a whole lot that they want to discuss, and others come... Uh, with a minute, you know, just an issue. Uh, Generally, when there's a parent who has an issue with whether it's a teacher or some type of instruction, that's usually inappropriate for the board meeting for that setting in the first place. So by Jeff and I having these meetings, that would give the parents an opportunity to express maybe some of the issues that they're having and for us to figure out ways to resolve some of the problems. You know, a, a parent who is having a problem with a teacher has gone to the administrator, but still doesn't feel that you know he or she is getting a, a resolution to the child's issue we may be able to explore various opportunities and these meetings would give us an opportunity for the parents to discuss things in depth whereas uh, at the board meetings it's just not the time to really discuss those types of things um, if we had these parent um, or when we have these parent uh, meetings we can uh, have someone bring an issue Uh, in a generalized form or report. So, uh, you know, where Jeff is talking about having these monthly meetings and uh, on and various subgroups on specific issues, we can have reports from the various groups attend and that can become part of the agenda rather than being a specific call to the audience. Hmm. Uh, Jeff, this job, uh, I presume, is not just a job during the school year, the program year. This is really a a 12-month-a-year job. Um, how would you use it the is. summers to continue getting information on the ground and, and from from parents and, and other interested parties? Well, you know, when we're going in there, we're not going in to break the system or change everything, but I know there's ways to build a better mousetrap. So this is, uh, you know, finding better ways that we can teach, the better ways that we can be a good board, better ways that we can help our teachers, professional development. Uh, give opportunities, training ideas, really step outside the box. I think uh, reading comprehension, reading, uh, writing, some of the basics there, looking at things like you've talked about, our sports programs and the facilities, there's always going to be something to do. And it is going to be like eating an elephant, Bruce, so it's not going to happen overnight and everything solved. So we've got to keep continuing to push And I found by experience in a lifetime, if you just start to walk and continue steadily, progress will be made. And we're not going to make everybody happy overnight. But I think when people look back and see some of the progress we hope to make, they're going to see, hey, this has made a difference and we can do something to turn our public school systems around. So let's talk for a second, change the topic to school safety, Um, safety in the classroom, Mm -hmm. as well as safety from from the outside. Um, what concerns do both of you have? What are the observations that you've made with respect to school safety and the safety of all the students? Jeff, we'll start with you. 
Well, it's it's got to be a priority. Look, you know, I because I have a background in working with military, I'm I'm going to draw on that resource to get a lot of uh, you know input of what we can do better. And I think I can get that input for either low or no cost to be able to implement into our school system. So first, I think it's got to be an assessment, a threat assessment of where where things could come from, and then I think we need to act on first, you know, the biggest things we can do first and then go in order from there down. So we do have the resources and the capabilities to look into it. It's got to be primary so people feel comfortable in each of our schools and that we have a plan in place. But that plan's in place ahead of time and everybody's comfortable with it and bought into it. So Superintendent Yeager has a legal background. He's an attorney. Correct. We know from observation that he's very cautious like most lawyers are have those kind of threat assessments uh, been conducted and um, how safe are our schools from from outsiders today um, and and uh, let's talk about school discipline inside of classrooms sure. in terms of, also in terms of the disruptive activities that sometimes occur there. Mona? So a couple of months ago, they did get a report, and it was a verbal report uh, from Mr. Yeager. They, he talked about a third-party administrator, who, uh, TPA, who came in and did an assessment of all the schools, and Mr. Yeager reviewed that and um, gave us information for those who were present, and that information exists in his report, uh, his the superintendent's report from that board meeting. However, I've asked for some transparency um, for this report to be... Uh, distributed or at least to be posted on the website because the community members think that it's uh, going to be safe, but we don't actually know, you know, because we're not in there. Uh, I've heard from some uh, teachers that they don't feel it's safe, but other teachers who do feel it's safe. And I would love to see the report and to be able to get some analysis of, you know, how safe are the schools. There is the thought, and Mr. Yeager has talked about it, that they don't want to post too much information because that gives up what's going on in the school and it shows where may their weaknesses may be and someone may you know um work on that um exploit that uh as far as as far as in the school uh Discipline needs to be a priority. Uh, you know, kids nowadays with all their phones, that teachers have such a difficulty making the kids concentrate. And then if they're trying to do any discipline with a, with a t- uh, students, they're not necessarily paying attention because they're on their phone or, or for whatever outside reason. Uh, that's of up to administration to support the teachers who are in the uh, the throes of conducting the discipline. So that goes to the school board making sure that administrators are supporting the teachers and that the teachers are taking the actions necessary to have good classroom control. Now, many of the teachers do have great classroom control, but those who don't, it's often because of um, obstacles that are outside of their purview, that when they are trying to do something, they're not being backed up. Hmm. So it's a, it's a cultural, uh, not, um, it's an anti-school culture of making sure that the teachers are backed up and that I 
see as kind of a lacking issue. And I would like to do more to support the teachers in making sure that they have the ability to conduct the disciplinary actions that are necessary so that they can have the classroom control. Uh, and, you know, the teachers can teach and focus on what's necessary, like reading, writing, arithmetic, and the basics right. of education. So uh, before we close, I want to ask a question, and, and uh, it just came to me uh, to ask this. I don't know why I didn't before. Um, Jeff, what do you think the key difference is in terms of your um, the way that you will uh, look at and, and take action as a school board member compared with those who are running against you? What's, what's the, the significant difference between you both and the others that are running here? Well, uh, really two things. Um, you know, for me, my, my primary concern is putting the children first and in their interests, uh, Bruce. And, you know, I think everybody has said that, but have we really acted upon it? Have we really acted upon it? Even, you know, with the Save Our Schools initiative, you know, I want to save our children. That's the primary focus. Let's save our children and prepare them. So every single decision I make, that's going to be the weightiest factor. I'm not saying it's the only factor, but it is the weightiest factor that we need to do. And the second thing is, is false narratives. We need to teach our children the truth. <laughs> and we don't need to be kowtowed or peer pressured into teaching or listening to false narratives that are being purveyed throughout the school system. So those are the two things, putting the children first and making sure that we're teaching them the truth so they have the opportunities to reach their potential and, and you know, do what the school system is supposed to be doing, and that's preparing them for life so they can reach, you know, whatever goals that they have. Jeff and Mona, we're short on time. For those uh, who might not have been able to get to your websites to find out more, it's Mona for Amphi. That's F-O-R, Mona for Amphi. Uh, and Jeff, the number four Amphi, Jeff for Amphi. Best of luck to you both. Students first, parents heard, teachers elevated. Both of these candidates are dedicated to serving with excellence and improving school achievements and not indoctrinating or grooming students they both deserve your vote. Please tell your friends to vote for Jeff and Mona. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, let's go ahead and Thank get some you. messages from our great supporters. You're listening to Inside Track on KVOI, Trusted Local News and Talk. We'll be right back with the Catalina Foothills Back to Basics team when we return. So stay tuned. I'm proud to welcome my good friends at Tucson Iron and Metal Retail to Inside Track as an advertiser. Jamie Kipper and her staff are conservation experts. They sell round and square steel tubing, metal plate and roofing materials, as well as new and used steel, aluminum, and stainless steel to ranchers, artists, interior designers, roofers, and do-it-yourselfers, just like all of the listeners here. Tucson Iron and Metal Retail is open Monday through Fridays, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., and Saturdays, 8 a.m. to noon. Tucson Iron and Steel Retail, 701 East 36th Street. Call 520-209-1576 or go to TucsonIronRetail.com. And when you do call, mention this ad and receive an additional 10% discount on their already great prices. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? 
No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. This is Eb Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. Are you letting rising inflation interfere with your ammo budget? Don't do that. Let us show you how to buy the same goods and services 20 years from now as you can today. We manage money for gun owners and we can guide you to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911 or WilkinsonWealthMGMT.com. Welcome back to Inside Track. Our guests for the remainders for the remainder of today's show are the Back to Basics team running for positive changes in the Catalina Foothills School Districts, Dr. Bart Pemberton, Dr. Grace Jason, and William Morgan. Bart is a well-respected optometrist and very active volunteer parent at Manzanita Elementary. He's a scoutmaster and current Manzanita school parent. Dr. Jason is a clinical psychologist who holds multiple nursing credentials, who is a proud mom of two Catalina uh, Foothills alums. And last but not least, William Morgan, father of two, healthcare professional and U.S. Navy veteran. Uh, we had a, a U.S. Navy uh, captain retired with us on last week's show, Captain Bob right. Wells. Welcome to all of you. It's been a wild ride, and it appears that the incumbents must be feeling pressure from your slate. Dr. Pemberton, let me read. Uh, what they collectively wrote in the Arizona Daily Star. Quote, we are united in our concern about the measures being proposed by the opposing group of candidates called B2B School, Bart Pemberton, Grace Jason, and Bill Morgan. They are wanting to limit access to information, restrict what can be taught, and bring guns into the schools. Bart, this is fear-mongering at best and downright lie, isn't it? Bart? Where did Bart go? Find the truth. I'm right here. Yes. Yeah, Hello? Start up again. We lost you there at the very beginning. Ah. Okay. Hello, Bruce. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And, uh, and yes, they, they, those, are, those are complete fabrications. Uh, if people want to know the truth, they could go to our website, which is btb.school, or back, basically BTB stands for Back to Basics. Uh, they – what we want to do is we – want, like our website says, we want to get back to basics. Uh, Catalina Foothills School District is a very good district, but it's in decline and at risk because of the poor decisions made by the current board. And when they say that, uh, you know, we want to limit access to information, we want to uh, eliminate websites, school, there are at the high school there's a on their counseling website they have links to uh, outside sites that encourage minors to go into uh, chat rooms to talk with strangers about sexual topics and these websites include quick escape buttons or features and we just we don't think most parents would think that's a good idea they don't want their uh, their children directed to sites that uh, it, let's put it this way. If a site has to have a quick escape button, it's not appropriate for writers. Right. And we, so, so when they say, oh, we want to limit access to information, no, we want to limit them. We do not want the kids directed to uh, 
sites that most parents, or at least very many parents, would find objectionable. We want uh, to leave the parenting to the parents. And when the schools deviate from their primary mission, which is to teach and educate children, and they deviate into things that are not traditionally uh, school uh, functions, or at least proper school functions, then everything suffers. And if their primary primary mission is uh, education, seeking of the truth, and when the schools leave, depart from that, we run into trouble. Bill Morgan, I'll I'll start uh, a question for you by quoting a statement you made on the Back to Basics website. Sure. You said, the Catalina Foothills School Board needs to take a more active role in directing district affairs. I suspect that must scare the hell out of the current school superintendent who has basically been making all the rules, creating all the programs, good and some very controversial, and telling your opponents how to vote. Explain how your team would provide a different direction for for schooling you bet I, I think i noticed that mostly from experience on governing boards and that's the primary difference right now they're acting more as an advisory board instead of a governing board they're just pretty much taking what's handed to them and passing it on they're voting it for example in, in their last budget they had 55 million dollar budget that went through without a comment I went back and researched back for seven years and never found a dissenting vote from the board on any item. So they're all in lockstep. The way that I would like to change that is I think it needs to be more transparent. There needs to be, we need to receive the board agenda earlier. We need to have time to digest it, come to the board meeting prepared. We need to allow more time for discussion. They have a set process right now where parents come on at the beginning and they're given three minutes to speak their minds about whatever the issues are, and then they're pretty much just put away. The, uh, the board doesn't even look up from their computers. You can feel uh, the lack of interest from the board in anything anybody has to say. So I would like to increase that time for the board members, I'm sorry, for the public parents, to be yeah. able to speak. And then if more than one or two people speak about the same topic in that period, I would like to take that into the agenda for full discussion the next meeting. That way we would have time to prepare properly and they would as well. And all those parents that bring any issue before the board need to be formally responded to by the board or by administration after the board meeting's over. They need to be reach out to them and let them know what they could do or, or follow up with them to say, we heard you. The show's founder was a fellow by the name of Emil Franzi. He started the show in about 1995, and he uh, uh, hosted the show along with me from 2007 to 2017 before he passed. And Emil Franzi um, was very, very critical of the Pima County Board of Supervisors. He called them not the Board of Supervisors, but the Board of Onlookers. <laughs> and I get, I get the impression that that's exactly what the the Thrive candidates have been doing. They've been onlookers, and and as you said, Bill, they're merely passing along what's given to them. How, how do we know that they've had critical conversations or not with the superintendent and various department heads? They could call and talk to the supervisor and the people at the school, but they can't discuss issues on the agenda amongst themselves before the board meeting. It's supposed to be discussed at the board meeting. So I, I don't know if they're reaching out. And if they come there fully satisfied, but I would think 
after seven to ten years that there would be some interest. I, I personally think a lot of the board members that are there now kind of inherited the position. If you look back, without any active candidates running, they haven't even had to face an election right. for almost 12 years. Right. So they've just kind of taken it by right of passage, and they bring in the people that agree with the system and follow the path, and, and that's my personal belief. Mm-hmm. Dr. Jason, with your clinical background, how do you react to the educators in the district advising their students to keep secrets from their parents? Oh, wow. You have an opinion on this, I know. I do. Well, that's what we call splitting, and that is one of the worst things you can do. These kids are already having issues with regard to trust, with regard to their anxiety, and to put them in a position where, you know, Listen, uh, you can tell us, but don't tell your parents because they might not like it. Hmm. You know, that is an adversarial position to take with these children, and it only makes their anxiety worse. You know, they, this group has said, you know, that we're trying to restrict what has been taught or can be taught regarding human growth and development. And I'm like looking at this chat. What room. does a kindergartner or a first grader <laughs> need to know about about human sexuality or and gender? Well, yeah, and then and then you go to the high school, and I wonder if any of these people who've written this Thrive Opinion, for example, who are psychologists and who have children in the district, at least one of them has two in the high school. I wonder if they've actually gone to that site and seeing what those children are exposed to. I really wonder, because would they want their child to have access to that and not to let them know? You know, I mean, it's just, and young children, I mean, they're young. To tell them that, you know, well, you might, you know, maybe you're not a boy, maybe you're not a girl, or, you know, what would you like to be called? What is your pronoun? And, you know, this is... um, I don't know how to describe somebody, it. It's, some, somebody, it's not psychologically sound. It is not tested, and it is, um, you know, an agenda, a political agenda. I heard Dennis Prager say the other day, "You can take a horse, remove its uh, its front and and back legs, and put fins on him. The horse is still going to be a horse." That's right. And uh, so as a follow-up, let me read the following also from your opponents related to their ideas about grooming of vulnerable youngsters from a young age. Even though there is a psychologist who predominantly works with adults, I guess that's a problem for them, and they refuse to use your name, on the B2B school ticket, it is our opinion that their stance is not representative of medical health professionals and is not in line with the American Psychological Association, nor is it consistent with developmentally appropriate recommendation for children. Now, my own observation and many others is that a faction uh, in the medical world has been overtaken by radicals who express those sorts of positions, and it's this group who's working with the left to blur lines and make it more difficult for kids. Do you agree? Yes. I think it's a, I think it's a real shame because in real practice, we are required, you know, to have parental permission to discuss right. anything. Right. And then they would promote these kind of sites as being normal and okay. How about the fact that Kathy Hoffman is being sued over adult supervised 
secreted sex chat rooms for minors. Huge problem. We have a caller. You know. We have a caller on the line, Charles Heller. Go ahead. You have a question or comment for any of the three B two B school candidates in Catalina Foothills? Yes, but I'd like to preface that with talking just for a moment about Emil Franzi. He not only called the supervisors the uh, board, the board of observers, but in a very egalitarian move, he referred to the city council as the seven potted plant. <laughs> he did. You're right. So I just, I just wanted to, you know, make sure we paint with a broad enough brush. I want to disagree with you about the transgender subject. According to the uh, experts on the topic, the Irish Rovers, the unicorns became narwhals. <laughs> now, how can you argue with that logic? Okay, Charles. <laughs> Good first point. Second point on narwhals. I think I think I'm going to pass and go to Bill Morgan. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for calling in. By being absurd. Yeah. Bill, it's a well-known fact that bad people oftentimes don't want to attack places which are defended. The Thrive Team suggests limiting safety and protections at Catalina Foothills uh, 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 schools since many of the schools qualify as soft targets. And Charles, are you still there? Oh, darn, I wanted him on. Uh, anyway, since many of the schools qualify as soft targets, why is it uh, that the current school board feels they want to reject the most visible means of threat deterrent in public schools. And that is, uh, you know, a presence, a law enforcement presence. You know, it, it's ironic to me because when you attend a board meeting, which I have for the last year, they have armed guards. They have sheriffs there that are armed at, for their, them. at their board meetings to pr protect themselves. But if you mention the fact that you would like to have a single point of entry and and when you back up a step, as a facility engineer and director of engineering for healthcare, I I worked on this project a lot. Yeah, because it's a major issue you go to in a hospital. It's hard. It's it's, it's a, hard it's for a hard, bad guy to get in is. there, isn't it? It is, and and we've gone through the same issues. And you're not going to stop evil people with uh, no gun zone sign on your front fence. You, no, no offense to psychologists, Doctor Grayson, but psychologists at the point of entry are not going to be much of a deterrent right. if a bad guy oh, comes yes. to a school. Yeah. Right, I agree. Yeah, we we have another caller, Charles. Uh, let's hear from him. Other caller, Charles. What's on your mind for Grace, Bill, or Bart? Okay, well, I was talking uh, to some voters, and they apparently have friends that are in the Academy Foothills School District, and they had heard secondhand from them that uh, these teachers sort of didn't like Horn because they thought that, that he had imposed the uh, reading of the preamble of the Constitution right. uh, in third grade. Uh, essentially, the teachers thought they were uh, not, a, <laughs> not, not old enough to understand. And I more or less said, uh, well, I wonder if they really explain the context and, and really there's further elaboration, but uh, they were upset that they had to memorize it, the teachers were. Um, has there been any discussion on this? Is Do they just bring that up out of the blue? Or, uh, I mean, it seems to me if kids understood what it really meant, we're the only constitution in the world that essentially gives the power to the people rather than uh, the government to 
a, a frightening thing for uh, for some administrators, uh, I think, sometimes to understand. Bart Pemberton, uh, you probably appreciate uh, the fact that uh, uh, there is a U.S. Constitution and it gives rights to the people, uh, and those rights come from God, don't you? Oh, yes. I mean, that's <clears throat> any proper teaching of U.S. history uh, would convey that, and also a proper teaching of U.S. history or any history is to show the good, the bad, and the ugly, and not try yeah. and as much as we can, because we, we all have our own biases, as much as we can to teach the truth as we know it and to teach the whole truth and not try to represent one part of the truth as the entire truth. And that, that's, that's what a true school should do. And, and before I forget, I wanted to make a brief correction. My kids are no longer at Manzanita, but I do still have a child in the district. And finally, why we're running is, you know, the, the, the proficiency rates for math and English language arts are, are quite low. I mean, they're, as relatively speaking, I mean, they, 41% of the kids in the district are not proficient in math and 33% are not proficient in English language arts. And we are of the opinion that not the only reason, but a big reason is because of policy decisions made by the board that de-emphasize normal rigorous education and instead focus on things like social emotional learning. So, Bart, you brought you brought up my my last question. This is the Thrive Team touts the district's accomplishments over the years, but they're relying upon old information because that's what you know they want to rely upon. Uh, the The district's educational results have diminished greatly, as you pointed out, over the past three years, and the willing board has gone on uh, has gone all in for woke. Uh, your team would would be focused on education, not indoctrination, and you improve the content and the direction for students don't you think by listening to parents who want their fo- uh, who want their students to be focused on critical thinking and not critical race theory can i get an amen from 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 you two here absolutely. and, and absolutely from, i mean that is that's absolutely. a critical thing these, these are these are young men and women many of them not everybody uh but many of them are planning to go to college or secondary education of some sort i mean when you leave high school shouldn't especially in in a district like Cat Foothills, wouldn't you think the reading proficiency and the math proficiency would be higher than where it is? It's embarrassing. And these guys, like you said, Bill, they haven't had any competition in a decade or more. Nope. It's it's like they're on it's like they're on cruise control. You guys are going to make that difference, aren't you, uh, Dr. Jason? We yes, <laughs> we are. We're very 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 concerned about that. Um Bart, Bill, Grace, any final thoughts for us today? We've got, got a, a couple minutes. Go ahead, Bill. I, I think one of the oldest things you learn in, in debate is if you can't argue the content, you attack the person. So I just want to make people aware that they can't, they can't debate this idea. They can't discuss it because it's fact. It's out there. So they'll attack us. And, and that's fine. Bring it on. So has there been any sort of forum, campaign forum or candidate forum uh, where everybody has been in one place together? Not that I'm aware of. Was there any was there any talk of that? There was a Zoom call put on by a local newspaper that's fairly left leaning that we declined the opportunity to go to. 
Well, that 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 was actually, and I wasn't. I don't believe we would all have been on together at the same time. Right. Yeah. Uh, we would have loved to have had. It, it, the problem is organizing this, of course, as you you know, Bruce is is uh, organizing it so that you can have. Uh, the proper moderator or moderators and have everybody there. But we would have loved to have a thing where live and all six of us there to debate. We would have loved that. You know, it just, it occurs to me, th this is the first time we've met in person. Yeah. I've known Bart for a while. Uh, you guys have been on the show before. There really is, there, there is a clear difference in this election. I mean, it, it is yeah. like black and white, isn't it? Yes, it is. And and this district, these families. I mean, the students are important. The families deserve better. They really do. And you guys, you guys promise that sort of change. It's a it's a huge, huge uh, uh, sort of a difference. And and uh, the things that they said about you uh, all in this. Uh, oh, you know, it's really slanderous. Though. It is slanderous. It's slanderous, uh, really. I mean, you know, we're. We were labeled anti-military, anti-this, uh, you know, anti-school, basically choice, um, you know. Um. Well, look, thanks for joining us today. Remember, vote for the back-to-basics approach in Catalina Foothills, Jason, Morgan, and Pemberton. Catalina Foothills parents, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Go to their website. Find out more about their plans at BTB, BTB, Baker, Tom, Baker, uh, dot school. That's btb.school. That's going to do it for us today. I want to thank all of our school board candidates for joining us from Amphi, Vale, and Catalina Foothills districts. Support them. Tell your friends you're supporting them. Join us next week. We already have a great pre-election show planned as we head into the final days before the midterm election. And be sure to check out my Facebook page for advice on all the propositions and all of our education picks. Our show is broadcast is podcasted on both the KVY uh, website and also on Apple Podcasts. Until next week for Inside Track, on behalf of my co-host, Eb Wilkinson, this is Bruce Ash, wishing you all a very pleasant good afternoon, and we'll see you again in 167 hours. Customers come first at Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. What other kind of customers do you have? So our Tucson? biggest customers are actually like ranchers and yeah. people from outside of the Tucson area. They're buying a lot of square tubing. They're buying a lot of stuff for their ranch to close off fences. We'll sell anything from 10 feet to 10,000 feet to somebody that comes in because we have new steel and surplus steel from steel mills. The reason we're able to get such good pricing on some of this stuff is A, we sell scrap to the mill. So. Uh, we have a relationship there and then we can buy material what they're making bringing it back and so we save on freight and we have relationships for years with them so i think that's really our niche market we'll sell whatever you need tucson iron and metal surplus call 209-1579 stop by the yard 701 east 36th street open monday through saturday This is Ed Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management reminding you that every good and excellent thing stands moment by moment on the razor's edge of danger and must be fought for, including getting out of debt, building your wealth, and protecting your God-given right. We manage money for gun owners. Let us help you retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me at 777-1911.
or wilkinsonwealthmgmt.com.